Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the GRIP podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu and your host of the show. And today, I'm really excited about this conversation I get to have with Chris Craddock. And Chris actually runs a team. He has 11 businesses. That's which, you know, I'm I'm a serial entrepreneur. I hear 11 businesses. I want to learn more about those. So we're going to dive into that today. But Chris runs a real estate team doing 30 to 65 transactions a month. You guys all know every month's not the same. So he's over at EXP now, came from, uh, it's been a KW for a long time. So many people in this industry started and built their careers at KW. I think they have an amazing training program over there. And now he's made the move over to EXP. And anyway, I want to dive in and learn more about these businesses, Chris. What else do you want to share with us? So maybe I'll just give an update. You know, he's got a bunch of ancillary businesses that go into real estate. He's a coach. He has a coaching company doing life coaching, doing real estate coaching. He's got his own podcast, which hopefully I'll get to be on that podcast here in the near future. And what else do you want to share, Chris, before we dive into your businesses, learning more about what you got going on? I don't know, man. I mean, I think you kind of hit on all these all these different things. Excited to kind of unpack some of this stuff with you and just hang with you for the next uh, little bit here. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you for joining. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to our time together and getting to know you better. So starting out, you say you have 11 businesses. Can you just walk us through, like, what are those real quick? Yeah. And I'll tell you, I, uh, uh, I'll, pr- I'll probably leave some of them out. You know, every time I'll, I go through the list, and I forget, but like, I just want like a general overview, like, hey, you know, I've got these ancillary businesses, I've got coaching companies, podcasting, what, whatever, uh, investing, I left out investing. So, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I've got business partners in almost every single one of them that actually runs is the face of those businesses, which is why I keep leaving them, leaving things out because I keep forgetting like that person's running, which is a great place to be where I'm not the, the one doing it. But yeah, so uh, I'll go through it. Uh, one is, you know, the obviously real estate, the regular transaction business. I've got a title company. I've got a property and casualty and life insurance company. I have a construction company, a coaching business uh, in the investor world, a coaching business in the agent world. I've got a flipping business, a a buy and hold portfolio business, something called uh, Legal Shield, which I think is amazing. If you do any investment, it's basically like a prepaid legal. And for all of my clients that come through, you can get a will like for free with the company. So everybody that buys a house should have a will. And so it's just a great way to protect our clients. What else? My my wife uh, is a branch manager, runs our net, our, our lending company. So we've got the, the lending piece going on. Um, I went over to EXP. So I have the revenue share of EXP. And I know I'm leaving some stuff out, but uh, I guess oh, I'll that's, just... That's a great start. So I love that you said, hey, you know what? I've got a face for each company. And you know we are just right now finalizing a series A round here at CSU. And, you know, and talking to these investors and, you know, listening to books and podcasts and all these things, everyone says the 
key thing to being a great leader is being able to recruit great people around you. And so uh, that's the first takeaway I want to have with this podcast today, because it's absolute truth. Like you would not be able to do the things you're doing if you didn't recruit the talent to run each of these businesses for you. So can you share with us, like, how have you done that? That's that's a talent in its own. So the first thing that I throw out um, is is this, you know, I've always led large groups of people. Actually, um, I I don't mention this. My wife says I need to mention it more often. And it it did take a massive toll. But actually, I I went back to school and I have a doctorate in leadership. So I've spent a lot of time, you know, working on leadership and growth. Um, but there's a book. Here's a great resource if you're looking to recruit great people. Um, it's called Top Grading that I would recommend that everybody read if you're a leader. You know, obviously anything from John Maxwell, but this is a separate one. It's called Top Grading. The idea is how do you bring these people into your world? How do you how do you top grade your organization and bring in better people around you? Um, but this is something I think about a lot um, because I look at some of the people in my organization, and I know that five years ago. These people, they would have been my friends, but they would have never wanted to be in my organization. They wouldn't want to be in my world. And part of the reason why I believe that they are, they stay in my world is because literally every morning, every morning I wake up. And one of the things that I do is I write down my goals. I, you know, I'm a Christian guy. So I like, I always pray for the guys in the people in my world, like, cause I care about them. I, I literally, I care about these people that I'm, I'm in the world with, but I also, when I, I pray for them and then I think about them and think, how can I grow my world? Because if I don't grow the world that I'm in, they're going to outgrow me and they're going to say, Hey, this was great time while we were together, but I need to go into a different space where I'm not going to hit a glass ceiling. So I literally think every morning, how can my world get bigger? And if I don't think that, then all of these massively talented people are going to outgrow me and, and, and they're going to move on to other stuff. And I'm going to be stuck with people that are less than me, you know? And, and the, the great thing is I look around and there's so many people that are more talented than I am, but they're willing to follow me because they know that I'm always running. I'm always thinking about how to make their world bigger. And, uh, you know, and the, the thing is you don't want to be the genius with a thousand helpers. You want to be surrounded by so many people that are the geniuses and that you can, that make you and all of your organization better. Yeah, that, that is such valuable information. We could just stop the podcast now. And if everyone would re- remember that, like this would be one of the, the most valuable podcasts you'd listen to, right? <laughs> so very cool. So one of the things you said is you're a Christian. I know you're a family man. You have six kids. I don't want to skip over that. So let's talk a little bit about your family because I can tell that's important to you. Yeah. You know, it's always been a go big or go home kind of guy. Right. And so like, if you're going to have one, might as well have six, right? <laughs> Why not? Now, uh, so yeah, I've got, uh, I got six kids. My third, it, we adopted him as well. So our family, it's, it's a little bit weird, you know, I'm like five, nine. And so all of our family is kind of like middle height. And then I've got like, my third one is, is like, he's going to be like a six foot three black man. So like, it's just like this massive, massive guy. So yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Like our, you know, over the last couple of years as race and everything has been tearing everybody apart. You know, it's just so fun to come home and see like everybody all freaked out about everything. And then I see my boys who are literally, you know, white and black, you know, just the brothers and they love each other. And, and it's just like, man, the world's got to just got to stop going crazy because it's possible to literally live like brothers here. And because yeah. they are. And yeah. so, yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's amazing. I, I, as you can tell, I'm, I'm 
well, you probably can tell I'm an extrovert disprofile. I'm a D, a massively high D and a massively high I. So having a bunch of people around, it's like a party all the time. And I love it. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. That's, that's fun. Cause I, I haven't met that many people who are super high D, super high I. I happen to be one of those as well. So we're going to have to party and talk about business. Come on, let's do it. That's right. <laughs> Very exciting. So um, talking about your business, I mean, this all started with real estate. Is that right? Tell me about your history in your real estate career. Let's go back in time a little bit. Yeah. So I graduated in college uh, in 2000, went on staff with an organization called Young Life. Changed my life. Loved it. It was so powerful, so great. But, you know, I live in the DC area. So I made about $20,000 a year with Young Life, which (laughs) if you know the DC area, doesn't that doesn't go very far. And so when my wife got pregnant in 2003, I knew I needed to do something to make some more money. So I went to the library because it was the, it was before Google was kind of the fount of all information, checked out every book they had on real estate investing, just read them all. And one of the things that's, I mean, one of the, the thing, truisms of my life is, you know, imperfect action trumps perfect inaction any day of the week. Right. And so I just saw, I read on there like, hey, go talk to people that are in distress, knock on the door, offer to buy their house. And so I just started knocking on these doors of people that were in distress. And like people started saying, yeah, I'll sell you my house. I didn't know what to do. Honestly, like I'm like, now what do I do? <laughs> you know? And so I found a real estate agent friend of mine who literally wrote up the offers and we split the deals because I, I literally knew nothing except go find deals. And so I found deals. And that's one of the, the things that I've learned in life is a lot of times people think they need to know all the answers and they out, outsmart themselves. Just go, if you want to invest, go find the deal. The money will show up, right? Like, like people invest it. I've got my iPhone here, right? So my iPhone, it's worth probably a thousand bucks, right? If I were to offer you this iPhone for 200 bucks, you've got your own phone. You'd obviously say, I mean, if somebody offered me a thousand dollar iPhone for 200 bucks, I'd say, yeah, why? Because I know I could put it on eBay tomorrow for 600 bucks and make a bunch of money on it. So that's the whole thing. You know, if you find the deals, the money will show up. And so I ended up making 12 times what I made in a year in, in the next four months. That set me up for the next number of years, continuing to do ministry. I love ministry, but then, you know, as you have more kids, the money started disappearing. So I went back, this was after the crash, went back and uh, started flipping houses again. At this point, most of the people that were in distress are uh, were short sale scenarios. And so the banks were paying commissions to agents. You couldn't just knock off the commission, get a lower price. So I got licensed just to do my own short sale deals. And then uh, I read Gary Keller's uh, MREA book and it, made, it just made sense. So we started building our team December, 2014. And uh, last year in 2020, we did 501 transactions, both on and off market for 167 million in volume. So that, that's such a great story. I mean, take action, right? Action is always better than you could know everything and be afraid to take action and you're not going to have success. Take action and everything will come together for you. And that's exactly what it sounds like you've done, Chris, which, which I have a ton of respect for that. Um, congratulations. I mean, you went from trying to figure out how do I get above 20 grand to, okay, I'm flipping all these homes. Now I'm going to go read the MREA book. And now I'm going to build a team where I'm making a million dollars a year here. I'm making a million dollars a year here, making however much through. And now you've expanded that to all these ancillary businesses. And the one ancillary business that you mentioned prior to this call that very few team owners actually have is home insurance. So I want to talk about that for a minute. Like, how did you start that business? 
I think that's like a missing link that everyone in your situation should actually dive in and do because that's recurring revenue for life typically, or at least like these people are not going to change their homeowner's insurance uh, is my experience. So like it, once you own that business, you own that business. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I will say this out of all my businesses, this is the only one that like cash on cash, I'm net negative right now. Okay. Um, so it's not, it's not my favorite one as far as like get rich quick, but it is definitely get rich and stay rich kind of a business. So I've had this for three years. I'm out of pocket 50 grand. I just want to be, because everybody loves to tell only their successes and oh, not, yeah, not for I'm acting like, oh, everyone should be in this business. And now you're saying, hey, wait a minute. I've been here for three years. Here's where I'm at. So yeah, like it's not a bad business. So I'm out of pocket 50 grand on it. But what I will say is I own, I think, 56% of the business. I, you know, right now we could sell our business to back to the company that, that has everything for, I believe that our book is worth about just under 400,000 right now. So I could sell it for, for that much back to the business. Um, we're finally at a point where we can either take distributions because our, our book is now kicking off enough to pay our pay my business partner who is has been you know slugging it out, building the book. It's been paying him, but now we can either take distributions or hire more people to build the book a lot faster. And, and you know, because my other businesses kick out enough cash, I think we're gonna put it back in and hire more people. And some of my buddies that have done this faster. So one of my really good friends. He ended up being his first year, he was net negative 250,000. His second year, he was break even. His third year, he was net positive, I think 150,000. And now it's it's been going from there. But he invested big time in having a ton of producers to build the book. Because anybody, that, just like you said, Brian, the real power in insurance is the book, right? What we, what we learned from our company is if, if you go after car insurance, then you know it's all about the price. But if you go after home insurance, um, people are, are under contract for a house, at least in, in, our, in our markets, you're required by, if you have a financing addendum within 10 days to have insurance secured. And so when we just introduce, like as soon as we go under contract, we introduce them to our insurance guy, it, like they literally change. Like, I, I think we have something like a, you know, an 85% capture rate. So it's, it's a great business, but if you think that you're going to get very wealthy, very quick, like it, it definitely is not that at all. But I mean, I think it's probably going to be one of my, my more valuable businesses here within the next couple of years, based on the trajectory of, of where it goes, because your first couple of years, you just don't make much money. And, and then also in the DC area, there's other places like I know Texas has flooding, Florida has flooding. So in the DC area, like an average home insurance policy for, for an average home is about $700 a year versus when you look at some of these other places where they have natural disasters and other things, their home insurance policies are way, way higher. So you can make a lot more money on that. Yeah. That's the, such great advice. That's why I love, I love getting together with people like you because I've actually been saying to my wife, I've been saying to Cece, like, why don't we start a home insurance company? But, you know, it's not a short term, quick, fast thing. It's something it takes time to build. And so the great thing about it is it's similar to your rev share, right? It builds, 
and then it gets bigger and it gets bigger and it gets bigger. And ultimately it ends up being a, a really nice long-term steady cash flow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the attrition rate is, is really low. I think our attrition rate is about 13%. So it's really low. I mean, you see in the in- industry-wide, it's, it's a little bit higher than that. It's, it's just about 20%, I think, is what, what you're seeing. So we have very low attrition rate. And so as you build the business, the business stays strong. All you got to do is, is just give it a little bit of love every year and, and you'll keep yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about lending. A lot of real estate team owners are figuring out how they can do lending, how they can do title. Let's talk about lending for a second. Um, I know you, you have a solution. You said it's working out great. Tell me yeah. more about it. Yeah. So I've seen all the JV models. The JV models, um, they work for, for if, you're a, if you're not married, if you don't have a business partner that's not in production, you probably should go with the JV models. But the problem with the JV models is there's not much, there's not, just not much there as far as the price point goes because they, what they do is they pay the way in the lending world, you know, some of you guys may, may know this, some of you may not, the way they, your basis of, of getting paid is, is your basis points, right? Dips. Um, yeah. And so on most of these JV models, they get lenders that they pay just a small, small amount of basis points to just a fraction of what they get at like almost any other company. And they're saying, well, hey, you're, you're tied in with these high producers. So you can take a tiny, tiny little bit of, of money. Well, they will, most lenders, most good lenders will take a slight discount to be in business and have business that they know about, know is coming. But most of the time, what I'm seeing is that in a lot of the JV models is that they're paying so little that any of the good lenders end up like just not wanting to stay in that model very long. And then then you end up with some really, really terrible lenders because they're getting paid so low and you just see that turnover. And so I don't want to, you know, crap on the JV models. I'm sure there's some out there that are working just, just great. But most of my friends that are in those models have had that exact same problem. I've got a couple buddies right now. We probably, I don't want to say their name, you know, on the podcast, but I'm sure we know them because they're people that almost everybody knows that are in these models trying to get out of them right now because they've been such a mess with, you know, lenders just, just rolling over. But what we see in the net branch model, and that, that's what we're, you know, we're a part of, and I'd be happy to talk to anybody about it. Just reach out to me on Instagram. But uh, with the net branch model, the cool thing is you're in charge of it. So my wife is the, uh, is the branch manager and she is in charge of, of what we pay the loan officer. So obviously if you pay the loan officer more then you can get a higher caliber loan officer, right? And literally she can make the call if, if a deal's going sideways and you, you need to throw money at a deal to save it, which has happened with our team a couple of times, she can make that call for us or for any of the other agents that are working with uh, with the branch, right? So there's, there's just a lot more, she has a lot more say in that because she is the branch manager. She, she gets to make the call on that stuff. So well, let, me, let me ask you this, if you didn't have your wife to be their branch manager, what, what would you do? Well, you know, a lot of my other friends, they have business partners who are non-producing. So that would be the the other option. You've, you've got to be compliant. You've got to be RESPA compliant. And so those are the easiest ways to do it is, is you have either a non-producing business partner or a, a spouse that's the branch manager. And so I know there's other ways, but those are the ways that I'm, I've been familiar with and I've seen just with so many different people. But yeah, you got to make sure that you're compliant because there's no, no other side business that, that's worth uh, you know, not being compliant on. But that's, 
that's the way that, that it works for us. And that's what the way it works for a lot of my really good friends that are getting into this, that have big teams. Okay. Very cool. I may want to take some more questions on that one offline, but for this, uh, the last, I'll say this, I'll, I'll say this too. I mean, the numbers in that are just pretty ridiculous. I mean, I do believe that, uh, very quickly, you know, we, we got within five years, um, got to the place where we net well over a million dollars a year with our retail team, with our, our real estate team. And I'll tell you, I think it'll be look right now we're pacing that like maybe, maybe 15 months to get to that with lending. It's, it's ridiculous. Like we're going to, we're probably going to end up, uh, you know, doing as much on that side as we do from the retail team. Yeah. Which makes you think what better way to double your business, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, literally I think about how hard it is. I mean, and we're out there working, we're, we're going to double our our retail business, but it's a whole heck of a lot harder to double that than, you know, have other ways where, uh, where stuff comes in. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's called leverage, right? I mean, you have, as a real estate team owner, you pretty much control, you have to give you know, people the option it's, this is RESPA compliant, right? You have to give people the option as to who they want to use as a lender, but you get to advise them as to options and, you know, steer them your direction for lending, for title, for home insurance, for anything that you want. Right. So being in that position for you guys who have built all these solid businesses, definitely take advantage of what we're hearing today from Chris, because this is, this is money. And what I love the most is literally on with the net branch, like literally you get a chance to bring in a lender that you think is incredible, right? So your clients are getting massively good service too. You can make sure that that lender is paid probably better than they're getting paid now. So they're really, really happy. Third, like the branch manager gets to work with a rate. So you can make sure that your clients are getting a great rate. So they're getting a great rate great service. And like, it's just, oh, there's just so many good pieces to that thing where it just makes it, it makes it a win. It makes it a huge win. Okay, Chris. So I'm measuring your excitement for mortgage at about uh, nine and a half. Your, <laughs> your excitement for home insurance. I'm measuring that down around about a three. Where, where on the scale does title come in? If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. Title is incredible. Like, title is great. So we're not in an attorney state, although my business partner is an attorney. So yeah, the the great thing about title is, uh, again, you got to make sure you're compliant, make sure you're doing everything right, all your disclosures and everything there. But the great thing about title is, Like, I mean, most title companies don't really have a competitive advantage. And if you're in real estate, you know what the advantages are. You know where things are. I mean, I'll tell you, there's been so many times that, you know, just because we we say we want to be an agent-friendly title company, there's so many times that we'll call somebody and say, oh my gosh, this deal is blowing up. It needs to close today, but we can't close till 8 p.m. You just get on the phone with a processor or a closer and just say, can you do us a favor? Can you please get us closed? But it's like 8, 8 p.m. We'll make sure that you get paid extra money or whatever, just to like work extra and be there. And, and because we know what's so important, we're able to ask those favors and then also just make sure that 
that they're happy to, again, you, you got to have a great culture, but that's what I love about title. It's like the money is, is pretty incredible in title as well. So I, I look at it and, and you don't even have to do that much more to be able to, to bring in really, really great money in title. So not only are you bringing in more money, you're actually providing better service because you can actually determine. And, and I've seen this, I mean, being as close to the business as I am, I've, I've seen teams partner with preferred vendors that just don't work out. Right. And maybe, maybe the reason is because they don't understand the importance. They don't understand from the real estate perspective of what these clients expect and the kind of service you have to provide. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, okay. This is, this has been fun. Let's shift gears a little bit. So here you are, you have this real estate investing company moves into real estate team owner, thanks to Gary Keller and his book. Then you move into all these ancillary businesses. And now is that when this whole coaching company, like you're a life coach and a real estate coach, how do you find time to do that, right? Well, the way you find time is because you have someone running each of your businesses, but like, why go there? I mean, you're doing great, right? Why go there? Yeah, well, um, and, and before we move on to that, can I just say one last thing about the ancillary businesses that I yeah. think ends up getting overlooked? If you do, I think what you said, most of the people on here have a pretty big team. One of the best, if you look at dollar per hour for businesses, uh, if you can get into construction, I'm not talking about punch out, but partner with somebody that does kitchens, bathrooms, and remodeling, roofs, all that stuff. They've got about a 50% margin on all that stuff. So the margins are really amazing. And if you have a big team, literally anytime somebody needs to get a kitchen done, a bathroom done, you're, you will have your team with a massive wait list to get stuff done. And the amount that you make, I mean, an average, you know, in our area, DC area, the average kitchen is between 35 and 50 grand, right? And at a 50% margin, like it's, it's pretty, pretty huge. And all you got to do is have your team just make the connection with people. So that's a really, really good ancillary that I think a lot of people miss. Now you do not want to get into punch out, fixing leaky faucets, fixing some drywall. Like, like there is no money there and I don't care how well you think you can run it. There's not money in that. It's only the big stuff. So I just want to throw that out there. All right. Now coaching. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, kitchen, kitchens, bathrooms, and remodeling, great advice. But it doesn't sound like that's a business you want to start. That's a business you want to find someone who already does it. You're sending them business. You're getting a piece of it. Is that right? Yeah. That's the, the smallest amount of equity I have in any of my businesses. I have 15% in that business. So, so yeah, that's the smallest amount. But, but literally, all like when I broke down my dollar per hour per business that I personally am a part of, that is the best dollar per hour out of all of them. Because it's literally my agents just just make the connection. That's it. Like make the connection. They sell it, they do it. And it's, it's great. So, and once again, it comes down to service for the client, right? Oh yeah. If you can offer them someone who, you know, is going to do an outstanding job. Well, guess what? You just probably earned a, a real estate client for life, right? hundred so, percent. That's yeah. it. So okay. now coaching, so here's the thing with coaching. Um, one, I love helping people. I look back and when I started, I mean, I listened to a lot of podcasts and the cool thing for me was anytime I listened to somebody, I liked their vibe. I would reach out to them. If they gave their name and number, I would, I would reach out and be like, Hey, can we connect? That was, it was amazing. Cause these people that are doing hundreds of deals a year, thousands of deals a year would say yes. And I'm like, 
I can't, I can't believe they said yes. Okay, cool. And so then I get on the phone and say, wait, hey. Wait, once again, stop right there. Because what did you do? You took action, which most people let the fear stop them from doing exactly what you did, which is why you've been so successful. So I just want to point that out. Now continue on. So they say yes. And, and I'd ask for a 15-minute call. And the crazy thing is, at the end of the 15-minute call, I'm like, hey, I want to respect your time. And they're like, no, no, you got any other questions? And then we keep going. I mean, these people that are making, you know, a million dollars a year were like spending an hour on the phone with me. And, and I'll tell you, I think that that was one of the main reasons my learning curve got shaped the way it did. Because, uh, you know, I love how Tony Robbins says it, it. You can compress decades into days, right? And so, like, you don't have to learn the hard way. You can listen to somebody else and they can tell you how to color by numbers and just do what they say, right? And so for me, like one, you know, and, and I'll make this an offer to any of your, your listeners, like anybody that reaches out to me, like through DM on Instagram, I always answer every question. I, I'm sure at some point I won't be able to do that, but it does take more than a day. I won't answer right away because I do get a lot of, a lot of them, but it meant so much to me that I want to do that for other people. The second thing is coaching. One of the things that means the most to me is like, I've had so many mentors, so many people just build into my life. And I just can't even believe the life that I get to live right now. I'm so blessed and so just excited about the fact that I get to live this life. And so I love helping other people accomplish that as well. So for us, part of the reason we grew as fast as we did was because I, I had a mentor essentially say, you know, you cannot, if you are the leader of the team, if you are the rainmaker of the team, you can't spend your time working to bring in one more deal, two more deals, calling your sphere and getting that next one deal. If you really want to grow, you've got to figure out how to bring in five deals, 10 deals, 50 deals from one relationship. And so I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay, I know builders could do that. And now I've got a construction company, but I didn't at the time. So I know builders can do that, but where else? It's the investors, these investors that spend tens of thousands of dollars on marketing to distressed sellers every month. Well, what happens when they find these people that don't want to sell at 65 or 75 cents on the dollar, right? They sit and die in their CRM. And so that's when I went to these investors and started building relationships there. And they've all tried to work with real estate agents and some of them do, but none of them have done it at a high level. Like none of them have done it at a high level. Well, we started doing that and literally over the last 12 months, one of our investors that we work with, we literally send about $60,000 a month in referral fees to them. Like 60,000 a month just goes back in referral fees. And so that was the thing that I just thought was so amazing. And so I, I built a coaching program, kind of teaching other people how to do this, like turn their trash into cash, right? How to like yeah. actually make money on these things that have just been sitting and dying in a CRM. That's awesome. So do you do this in group coaching or do you do one-on-one coaching? What kind of coaching do you do? Yeah. So REI Revive, what it is, is it's a video module teaching people how, like how to do it because I'm all about, I love education, but it's got to be instruction, not education, color by numbers, like get your mind and get your ideas out of it. Um, because I, I really believe to be great, you need to imitate and then innovate, right? So my wife is a professional writer. And what she says is the, the worst writers in the world all break the rules of writing. The best writers in the world all break the rules of writing. The difference is that the worst writers in the world don't know the rules and the best writers in the world, they know the rules of writing so they can break the rules in an innovative way. Well, the problem with entrepreneurs and everybody listening to this is an entrepreneur, right? The problem with us is that we're massively creative 
And so we start creating before we know all the rules, before we know all the different pieces. So if we can understand the scripts, the dialogues, why things work, then we can innovate. But if we innovate too soon, we're going to make the same stupid mistakes that other people have made a thousand times in a row. And uh, I love how Keith, Keith Cunningham in his book, The Road Less Stupid, he, you know, talks about paying the stupid tax. You're going to pay the stupid tax. So, you know, just learn from other people, imitate, then innovate, don't pay the stupid tax. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I love most about the world of real estate, which, you know, I dove into this world, I don't know, about six years ago, I grew up with a dad in real estate, but everybody is willing to, to help and coach and everybody wants everybody else to succeed. There's not this, for the most part, I shouldn't say everybody, team owners, I think a lot of agents get in the mix of their local area and they feel like, oh, I hate this agent and I compete. But team owners are like, yeah, let's, you know, there's enough to go around. Let's lift each other. Let's rise the tide. We'll raise all boats, right? So anyway, I, I love that about this business. I love that, uh, that you feel like, hey, you know what? They did this for me. I'm going to do it for others. And you also asked, do I do, is it only, so that's already I revived. I do have a couple personal one-on-one clients, but I I honestly say no more than I say yes. I charge a lot because I, I, I only want to say yes to people that are, that fit the right category. Because, you know, I, I think that if somebody doesn't have a path to where they can net a million dollars within the next 24 months, then that's not really where I want to do like individual one-on-one coaching. So, so that's the thing there where I'm just very like, but I'll, I'll do the group coaching, all the other stuff, kind of give them, give them the stuff. But, but for me, you know, I, I feel like that's, that's, an area where if I'm doing one-on-one, like they've got to have like big goals, big dreams and, and not be, it's funny. I think that a lot of people see education as a hobby and not actually, you know, wanting to actually do what it says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't blame you. I mean, you want to change people's lives, right? You want to see big results and that's part of what you're looking for. If someone comes to you. So great. You've, I mean, you've shared so many great things. The last thing, last thing before we, we wrap up and I'll let you share your information, but I'd love to hear more about your podcast. Yeah. Tell us tell us about that. Why'd you start a podcast? I'm guessing same reason. Yeah. You know, and I know the average listener listens to seven podcasts. So I would keep listening to this one and I'd love to be one of your seven. Um, but it's called uncommon real estate. And the whole idea is that common people do common things and it's for the uncommon real estate agent. I think when you look at it, it's, it's funny. I mean, like I have a top agent or somebody who is uncommon come and speak to my team at our, we, we do a huddle every morning and on Friday mornings, I bring somebody else in. And it's so funny because I'll just give one example. Every, every time I always ask if it's a top, top tier person, I say, Hey, what's your morning routine? I don't give them a heads up on it. Now, if somebody's listening here, now they know that it's kids coming, but every single time, if they have a massively successful team, they always have a rock solid morning routine, right? Success leaves clues. So that's the, that's the whole idea behind the uncommon real estate is, is what is it that, what are the clues that lead people to be uncommon? And so the whole, uh, the whole goal for that is because I believe that all real estate agents need to be amazing at their craft and so that they make money there, but they need to parlay that into a, uh, into investment. Because if you're just good at being a real estate agent, 
then your your wealth is only as good as your next transaction or it only as good as the upswing in the market, right? When the market slows down, everything else slows down. So I don't want to have transactional-based wealth. Uh, I want to make sure, I've, I've heard the definition of wealth is when your money works harder than you do, right? So I think that every real estate agent needs to be an investor as well. So I'm in a number of masterminds with some world-class investors. So I bring on, I, I do about half of the, the episodes are with uh, real estate agents, how to be better in, at your craft. The other half is with world-class investors teaching you how to build wealth, how to really grow that beyond your, ne- beyond your next transaction. Awesome. So, so much of what you say, I hear Tony Robbins coming out of you. So you've been to a lot of Tony Robbins events. Tell us, tell us how many of those you've been to. Like you've been to everything, right? So I, I actually, the crazy thing is I haven't been to all the Tony Robbins events, but Tony Robbins is probably one of my mentors and I probably have, I probably have logged well over two or 3000 hours listening to Tony Robbins, everything that he has out there. So I, you know, I'm at event after event after event. And it is actually one of the things that I'm very sad about that I've not been to any Tony Robbins events yet. But I spent a fortune on development and uh, Tony needs to be one of those people that I had in, but I love Tony. Yeah, you you absolutely need to go to his event. He's having his first live event again, I uh, believe sometime in October in Florida. So you should go. I've been to all of his events, but I'm going just because I want to be there again. I want to be in that atmosphere. So awesome. I'm going to I'm going to end with something I'm going to steal from you, actually. So. You can't, you can't just talk about that without telling us what is your morning routine? Sure. Yeah. So my morning routine, it's funny because naturally I'm a night person, right? And I'm also a really good salesperson. And the worst part about being a good salesperson is you can sell yourself on your own BS. So for so many years, I sold myself on the fact that I'm more creative at night. I have less distractions at night. I'm not foggy at night, all of these different things. So I would stay up really late and wake up late. And, you know, it it, it just, it cost me massive amounts of success. But I also read a lot. I listen a lot. I I follow, I do a lot of biographies and all the people that I listen to that I think I, I really respect without a doubt, somebody's going to tell me at some point, other than a rock star, right? Rock stars wake up late. But other than that, they all like, they all wake up early and know that in order to win the year, you got to win the quarter to win the quarter. You got to win the month to win the month. You got to win the week to win the week. You got to win the day and to win the day. You got to win the morning. Right. And so you break it down to your irreducible minimum. And so my morning routine, I wake up, I, uh, I write my goals because I found anytime I feel like I'm in a fog or a malaise, it means that I feel like my goals are way too far away. So I want to keep them close to me and interact with my goals every day. I'm a Christian guy. So I read my Bible every morning. So I feed myself spiritually. I pray for the people in my world. I think about the people in my world. How can I grow their life? How can I grow my life? I, uh, I go down to my basement. I've got a gym in my basement. I work out because I want to feed myself physically. Uh, during that time, I always have my, like, I've got this big Bluetooth speaker that I, uh, like this big JBL speaker that I, I carry around the house with me. And, uh, and so I'll, I'll turn on a podcast or I'll turn on an audible book and listen to something. So at the same time, I'm feeding myself physically. I'm also getting ready for the day. I think about an athlete, right? They're listening to stuff. You know, we're corporate athletes. We get out there and we do it. So, um, so I'm getting ready for the day. Then I go upstairs, have breakfast with my kids, talk life into them, um, kind of give them vision for themselves. I go up, take a shower. I turn on my JBL speaker with the waterproof speaker. I'm listening to something, getting ready for it. And then my wife and I usually have like a five-minute meeting 
before I start the day, just kind of getting, having our own little morning huddle for our family because our family is a business <laughs> with six kids. And then uh, that, that should be another business I should add from now on. And then I, we have a morning meeting. Uh, we went from having three meetings a week to as a team, we now have uh, five meetings a week, just because like the Navy SEALs, when COVID happened, they say the SEALs, you never rise to the level of your aspirations. You always fall to the level of your training. So we added more training for our team. And so I teach that three mornings a week. And then, uh, and then I'm on it the other two mornings a week. Yeah. And then, then we start the day and I, I, I usually, I pick out my rocks that I, I have to do the things that are most important. And I work to make sure those get done before noon. Yeah. So what time do you get up in the morning now? You went from being a late riser to what time now? Yeah. So on the mornings and in some mornings I play, I play racquetball instead of go to the gym. So on my racquetball mornings, I wake up at five on my non-racquetball mornings. I wake up at six. Okay. So uh, let's say you were waking up at seven before and you just moved it to six. Well, um, again, I think, I think this was Tony Robbins that I heard this from the first time, but you're essentially adding an hour on every day, which is adding 20 hours on every month, assuming you're working 20 hour months, right? Which you take that 20 hours and you multiply it out by the number of months in a year. And essentially you, you basically gain another month of work by doing that. Yeah. So. So anyway, I mean, it's fascinating. It's, it's, it's amazing that just the slight changes, you know, that, that tiny little millimeter shift just can totally change your life. So anyway, I could go on all day. I know we both have a hard stop here in a few minutes. The last thing I want to get from you is just your contact information. People want to reach you. You said you'll respond through Instagram. What are the best ways to get a hold of you? So Instagram at Crad Rock, not my last name, but an old cheesy high school nickname. I need to figure out how to change it. But uh, one of these days, right? C-R-A-D-D-R-O-C-K. I'll respond to any, uh, anybody who wants to DM me, I'll respond and, you know, happy to chat with you. Happy to, happy to do what, return the favor, what people did to me. Um, REI Revive, um, that is, you just go to my, my name, chriscraddick.com and uh, click apply and we'll just check it out. See if your business is, is the right business for that. So that's uh, an easy way to, to do it right there. And then our Facebook page, um, Uncommon Real Estate. So those are the, uh, those are the easiest ways to, to get a hold of me and kind of get into the same ecosystem. Great, Chris. Hey, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really, really enjoyed getting to know you. And I'm sure I'm going to dive deeper and getting to know you a lot better here, you know, in the coming months and years. So uh, also to the listeners, thank you for listening consistently and, you know, you may want to check out Chris's podcast as well, which he talked about today, and we will catch you all next week. Thanks again, Chris. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your setup fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.